0: Welcome to the Packers Pod, Week Fifteen. We're gonna recap the Packers win in Lambeau Field on the historic 200th anniversary of Packers Bears. 18 degree temperature felt like 13. Matt Nagy had the visor anyway. His head was looking a little pink with the bald head. Also, I think I think it's actually Matt Nad- Nagy, Matt Nagy. I say Nagy. Um, My girlfriend is actually a Chicago Bears fan, didn't really plan that one, just kind of happened, but she's been giving me crap because I've been saying Najee, and she insists it's Matt Nagy, but anyway, before we talk about what's at stake in this game, I recapped the, or I hyped up the Packers-Bears last week in the podcast, the Redskins pod, You can actually skip the first four minutes of that pod recapping the game unless you really want to hear it. I didn't love it, but the four-minute mark, I actually have a soundbite from Aaron Rodgers talking about us winning ugly and maybe we'll win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. And then from there we start talking about the Bears and what their season looked like. So instead of me doing that here, um, I don't want to be redundant But if you do want to hear a little bit of the tune-up, start at the four-minute mark on the Redskins pod, and then you can actually pick it back up right here. But if you tuned in last week, you know that we talked about winning ugly, but again, how Aaron Rodgers can turn a phrase for us, and maybe this is the phrase of this year, is we can win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. Another thing we highlighted was we're starting to play some playoff football in terms of the Packers offense. We're getting long drives, and we're chewing up clock, and we're keeping opposing quarterbacks off the field, something that's going to come down the line and be very important. We're not getting in the end zone with those drives. We're just chewing a lot of clock. Again, last week against the Redskins, it was the fourth quarter. We got the ball with about seven and a half minutes, or no, we had the ball with nine minutes, and we chewed off seven and a half minutes to give them back like two minutes to basically try to do two scores and beat us, and it didn't happen. So big, big that we're doing that. The other thing was Aaron Jones kind of set the tone this week. Aaron Jones said, he's talking about the Bears, they kind of sent us home last year. You don't forget those kind of things. We were actually at their house, Soldier Field, so it hurt a little bit more. So it was weird how the tables had turned, and in this week's matchup, now we have a chance to really knock the Bears' season out of it. And it's just a flipped script. So this was where it was, Packers-Bears, first quarter. Chicago's forced a punt, and Green Bay— We have a play-action pass, first play of the game. And I love this call. I love it. You think we're just going to run. It's 18 degrees. You're not throwing it. We do play-action, deep ball, Valdis Scantling. Rodgers drops it right in there. And Valdis Scantling, he he alligator arms it. He just doesn't catch it. It's right there, and he just short-arms it, falls right through. So really should have been a big play, maybe a touchdown on the first play, we don't get it, we punt. We've been, we think about that as we're watching the rest of the game. It's like, man, if he had just caught that, you know, we're so used to seeing guys like Jordy Nelson, Devontae haul that one in. That was tough. So this leads to a Packers punt. We hold the Bears, force them to punt. We get good field position because there's a penalty on the kick on Cordero Patterson. Leads to a Packers fourth and four. We line up and we do the hard count. We don't get it. We burn a timeout. So you are thinking, okay, Crosby's going to come out. Crosby stays on the sideline. So Rodgers, it almost looked like he talked to Matt LaFleur, kind of like, I think if we do this, you know, the way they lined up, he he thinks he can hit a home run. And fourth and four, Devontae Adams, touchdown. I mean, just a go route. So he must have – Rodgers, I think he just saw – Single coverage, and he said, Devontae, go. And Devontae just burns the corner. No help from Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and we get in the end zone. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Chicago, two runs on short yards, and then they get tackled for a loss. So it's another three and out punt. So the first quarter, the Bears have three drives, 12 plays, 14 yards of offense. So Packers, great start but we've only got seven points to show. Chicago's drive to open the second corner. They have three third-down conversions. We start to see some Mitch magic. And, again, one of the things we highlighted last week was Mitch starting to play really good football. And I just got to credit the coaching staff of the Bears just to keep riding him. They could have pulled him at any point. They're the lowest offense in the entire NFL like a month ago. And coming into this game, you know, look at it, four weeks ahead or four weeks behind, I was like, okay, this is going to be a meaningless game. And, and credit to them getting it together, and Mitch has been playing well. And in this game, Mitch really made some plays. So a third and seven, we do see Mitch misses one. He's got Miller – and he just misses him. It could have been a big play, possibly a touchdown or inside the 10. And then fourth and seven, Mitch buys time again, scrambling. And he throws a deep shot to the sideline for Miller. And he catches it, but he doesn't bring the second foot down. So we kind of catch a break. Mitch had a really a really good throw on fourth. But we get the ball, and – We don't do anything. So this is where, you know, the drive stalls. We go for it on fourth down, and it's an incomplete pass. So Bears get the ball again. This is late, right before the half. Um, Trubisky has a few throws now where he's moving them. Rashad Gary has a big sack right at the two-minute warning, and this gets them a little behind on the sticks but they managed to get a field goal out of it. So it's 7-3, and this was the score at halftime in the first matchup in week one. Packers have 145 left, two timeouts. We have a kick return to the 45. Can't remember the guy's name, number 32. Gosh, who is it? Hold on. Siri, who is number 32 for the Green Bay Packers? which athlete, Troy Carson or Tyler Irvin? Uh, it's Tyler Irvin. So Tyler Irvin wears number 32 for the Packers. San Jose State. I don't know what they I don't know what their mascot is. But yeah, Tyler Irvin, he gets us to the 45 and we don't do anything with it. We see a 4th and 4, we have a flag for intentional grounding on Aaron Rodgers. Turns into a 4th and 14. And we go for it because there's like eight seconds, and it's like, okay, Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary time, and it's not even a Hail Mary shot. It's a terrible play call. I don't know what we're doing. We've a throw in the middle of the field with no timeouts, and we give the ball to the Bears with two seconds and give them a Hail Mary shot. So questionable call. Um, Luckily, nothing happened. We get to the half. Second half, I'm like ready to go. You know, it's seven to three. We've dominated, and for some reason Mitch has been making plays and they have a chance in this. And I pop my popcorn. I'm standing for the second half. I've just made this decision. I'm like, I got my blanket. I'm standing. Packers take the field. And right away Devontae goes for a big one. And ha Clinton Dix actually helped him up after the tackle. It's kind of sweet to see. Um uh, just like ha ha a lot. And then Rodgers gets a long run. We get to the red zone. Hand it off to Aaron Jones, and this is the highlight run you probably saw. He breaks a leg tackle, gets outside. Pylon, touchdown. Packers, bang, right at the start of the half, 14-3. Then Chicago, they have a one big play to Robinson down the sideline, but the drive stalls on the 36. Big tackle by Jair Alexander, and then a hurry by Kenny Clark, which just forces, forces Mitch out of bounds. So, Lees do a failed fourth and six conversion. Packers get the ball back. Nobody's trying to kick in this game, and it was kind of surprising to see, but kind of fun to watch. Green Bay, Devontae Adams has a drop, and that was kind of discouraging. Aaron Rodgers' hand gets hit, and you see him grabbing it, it's like, oh, no, what did Aaron do? And then... A few plays later, it's the Camaro. Uh, Jake Camaro just down the sideline. Rogers hits him between the corner and the safety. Camaro makes a guy miss. He's going down the sideline. Juke move, gets to the 10. And he looked like, I was like, is that Donald Driver? <laughs> you know, total, total, um, just looked like Donald Driver back in like 2004, which was kind of cool, so Gets us to the 10, and this leads to another Aaron Jones run, 21-3 to Packers. So couldn't ask for a better start to the half. And at this point, they've highlighted that Khalil Mack has had 37 snaps, zero tackles, and zero hurries. So the Packers just stopped him. I mean, Brian Balaga, David Bakhtiari, and then obviously some help from running backs like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams both doing what they can to give a little chip at him but honestly, Balaga and Bakhtiara really handled them. And watching the highlights again, I was actually just watching the offensive line, and I was really impressed with our offensive line in this game, especially against the pass. It was really good. So it's 21-3. You're thinking, okay, we're starting to run away with this. Still not comfortable. We need, we need another big score. And the Chicago's drive at the end of the third They have some strikes down the middle of the field. I mean, Mitch is just – he's finding – it's almost where tight ends are killing us this year. It's just these in cuts, these inside post routes with Miller and Robinson. And Mitch was just finding them. And not bad coverage. Um, But Mitch was just making some really good throws. They have three first downs to put the ball at the 13. And at this point you're thinking red zone defense. It's like, okay, you know, the Bears are driving, but – Again, we're known right now. It doesn't have to be pretty, but we just keep him out of the end zone. Don't let him score. And that's exactly what we did. Um, Patterson, he does have a catch that would have got him to the two, but his toe's out of bounds. Questionable call, but it had this stand. Actually, Nagy didn't even – Nagy. Nagy. I can't say it. He doesn't throw the challenge. Um, It's ruled incomplete and it's too close to call. So he just takes the field goal. So it's 21 to 6 going into the fourth quarter. And then it's like Khalil Mack wakes up. (laughs) Khalil Mack, fourth quarter, he's just unblocked and we have to throw it away and it's a punt. And it's like, oh gosh. Um, The Bears finally score with 8.09 in the game. Mitch is playing, he's playing good football we have him wrapped up a couple of times and he and he escapes it. We have a defensive holding penalty that really we have a sack, but because Mitch escapes, the coverage downfield had good coverage and then now they're just buying time and we get a they call us for defensive holding. So again credit to Mitch for that using his legs. So it's 21-13. We see a Rodgers fumble. On third down. The Bears are just flying around. Again, Mac is he's balling. Everybody and and Rogers fumbles, and you're like, oh my gosh, we, we're gonna blow this game. We catch a break. It's probably the the langu- that's probably the language we could speak of this year. We catch a break. We we have caught so many breaks this year. And that's what keeps me a little skeptical of our record. I don't know if we are as good as our record is. But we catch a break, Booth review, he's down by contact. Just his arm is down, so we get a punt instead of giving the Bears the ball in their own territory or in our territory. And at this point, I was actually thinking this. I'm going, you know, Mitch Trubisky, you look at his numbers the past few games, he's played well but he still throws a pick. There's always one interception. And technically, he threw an interception, but it was right at the half. It was with those two seconds where they took a Hail Mary shot and we just got a pick. So I'm thinking maybe this is the drive. Maybe this is when he forces it. And I didn't expect it to be as early as it was, but it was Dean Lowry right at the line of scrimmage. Mitch just tries to dump it off, and and Lowry gets his mitts on it, hauls it in. Interception Packers, big. But we don't do anything with it. We're in field goal range, and we actually get sacked. It's the Bears' first sack of the game, and it forces us out of field goal range, which could have made a two-score game, and J.K. Scott comes out and punts it to the five with four minutes left. So not not great. That's not playoff Packers. That's not going to get us uh, into another round. Chicago, they have another drive, and we stop them again with two minutes. It's right at the two-minute warning, fourth and ten. Mitch throws it across the field, tries to do some magic. Doesn't happen this time. So there's 142 left, two timeouts for the Bears, and they stop us again. We just, we, All we need is a first down. We make them burn their timeouts. We punt the ball back. And we see almost two Chicago miracles. So with nine seconds, we see a Hail Mary that Alexander tries to intercept. Instead, it's a tip drill, and the receiver is like he's just a split second from hauling it in and making the play of the game for the Bears. Doesn't catch it. And then with two seconds, we have some razzle-dazzle, you know, the schoolyard lateral stuff and actually get inside the 10 before there's a, I guess, an incomplete lateral where it's fumbled and then we recover it. So crazy game, but I feel like that's what to expect with Packers-Bears. I still remember the year we were ahead of the Bears. I mean, we've got the game one. It's a two-score game, and we punt it to Devin Hester, and Hester waits under it and calls fair catch. And then, wait a second, the ball's on the other side of the field and Johnny Knox returns it for a touchdown and it got called back for, there was some ghost penalty that they called like whether it was like block in the back, but it wasn't a block in the back. But I just remembered that was the game that I said with the bears, it is never over, you know, Packers, Bears, I don't know what to expect. So in this game, it was like, you know, 21 to three. Okay. Now it's 21 six. I never know. You know, now we just got a Dean Lowry interception in field goal range. But, you know, I was thinking they're going to block this kick or something. You know, something's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. and um, So it's just as part of what makes it, you know, the 200th meeting of Green Bay Chicago, uh, you know, it, this was a good one. This was a good chapter in the book. Speaking of the 200th meeting, no, this is not really – well, it's just fitting that the game balls go to the trenches. So Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari, they get a game ball just just locking down some of the some of the key Bears pass rushers. Akeem Hicks was back in this game and he was kind of banged up going to the sideline every now and then, but we did an awesome job. Corey Lindsley too. And Really, the fourth and four Adams touchdown was like a perfect play. If you just watch that play, everything goes perfectly. It's like perfect protection, Adams perfect route, perfect ball. Now, that, that's just that's fun to watch. And then Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark nose tackle. He had eight tackles, three tackles for a loss, and then two sacks. And – And sacks do not count as the tackle for a loss. It's a separate category. So technically he had five tackles out of his eight that went for losses of yards, which is awesome. Kenny Clark, way to go. Um, Let's look at Minnesota. So the Minnesota game, we've had this circled on our calendars probably for the later half of the year is these are the two teams fighting for the NFC North and it could affect a lot. You know, if the Packers win, we're looking at a possible first second seed depending what happens with Seattle and San Francisco. And if we lose, we're looking at possibly being the 5 or 6 seed possibly playing against Minnesota or um, Dallas in the opening round or Philly which don't really want to play any of those teams especially Dallas looking good yesterday and Philly won too so Minnesota just looking at their resume because again I haven't been impressed with our resume when I look at who we've played this season you know yes we we look like we're a good team we're, we're a playoff team but just who have we played is kind of the question. Looking at Minnesota, so so week one through four, they win against Atlanta, they lose to us at home, they beat Oakland, and then they lose at Chicago. So two and two to start the season. The next games, they win against the Giants, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Lions, they beat the Redskins. So they have a four-game win streak, so they're six and two. And then they lose to Kansas City in Arrowhead. They beat Dallas in a close one. Actually, all these games are pretty close. They beat Denver in a close one. They have their bye week. And they lose to Seattle in a game that Seattle really dominated. And then Kirk actually had a comeback to bring him back in the game. Before he threw, he had a late turnover in that game that I think and then they beat the Lions, and then this past week, they beat the Chargers 39-10, to 10, which we're going to talk about. So a lot of these games, again, they're scheduled really close football games that they're winning. Of course, I mean, they're 9-4. and four. They have a really good record. But one of the things, the Chargers had seven turnovers in this game, technically eight if you count a blocked punt as a turnover. And part of it is, sure, credit the Vikings' defense, but the Chargers, like, I wish they had done this against us. (laughs) But they didn't do this. They played one of their best games against us, and we played one of our worst games. But in the game against the Chargers, so they get Adam Thielen back, Minnesota, but Dalvin Cook injures his shoulder. So the running back situation for Minnesota – they So Dalvin Cook, possibly all pro this year. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is probably the number one back, and, and I'd probably give Dalvin Cook number two. So, so he's injured. And then Alexander Madison was out because of an ankle injury, and he's, he's shown he can be a force. He was averaging five yards a carry, I think. He was at like five and a half yards a carry earlier this season, just doing a lot with his touches which is really similar to how Aaron Jones got started, just limited touches and doing a lot with it. So now it's Mike Boone, the Bearcat. So he went to Cincinnati, which I got to figure out all these running backs look alike. Like Mike Boone, Dalvin Cook, and Madison, they've all got dreads. They all have like the same gear on, which I don't – they just look alike, which is so weird to me. It's kind of like DeAndre Hopkins – and Will Fuller do that for the Texans. They both wear, like, long sleeves. They got the the dreads. And then they've got, like, the, I guess it's, like, the eye paint that goes over the nose. Like, the extended eye paint. I'm like, why do they, they look alike? Because I got Hopkins on my fantasy team. And every time Will Fuller does something, I get excited. And I'm like, dang it, it's the wrong guy. So it's kind of like that in Minnesota. But... Not a pretty game for Minnesota. Again, 39-10 sounds good, but with two minutes and a half, Minnesota's only up. It's 12-10 with two minutes and a half. And they missed a point after attempt and then a couple field goals. So they, they just have some drive stall, and they have to take field goals. The two-minute warning, Rivers basically just gives it to Harrison Smith, just lobs it right over the middle. Harrison Smith interception. So Minnesota gets the ball at midfield, three timeouts, and then Kirk throws it right back to him. So it's a halfback screen on second and five, and Kirk Cousins throws it right over to Melvin Ingram at the line of scrimmage. So then the Chargers get the ball, 23 seconds. They're in field goal range, and then they fumble it, and they give it to the Vikings for a walk-in touchdown. So it's 19-10 at the half, and... You know, you're looking at, like, that's how they got 19-10. And then to start the second half, the first play, Melvin Gordon fumbles it. So Minnesota starts their drive at the 27, and again, they only get a field goal. So it's 22-10, and the Chargers are basically giving them points, but it's still a ball game. It just gets crazy. So Vikings then block a punt, and it leads to a field goal. So it's 25-10. So after all this, it's still a two-score game if the Chargers get a two-point conversion. But in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes, we finally see the new running back, Boone, has two touchdown runs. One of them was because of a fumble that started at the Chargers' drive. So the Chargers, they lose... Again, seven turnovers. So there's three interceptions, one four fumbles and a blocked punt. But not the greatest win. I just for Vikings fans, they're probably happy, you know, wow, we're looking good right before the Packers game. But they they weren't looking really good, I'll be real honest. So I imagine the matchup on Monday, so December 23rd is the matchup Monday night, but I imagine we'll see Jair Alexander against Adam Thielen, and we'll see seven, Kevin King versus Diggs with some safety help because Diggs is just their deep threat. He, he just hauls in some big plays, so um, that'll be definitely what to watch, and I'm sure Savage and Amos, um, I'm sure that's something they're going to go over. Uh, Minnesota's going to be loud, and again, not having Dalvin Cook. You know, I, you know, I assume, you know, it's a shoulder injury. It's probably similar to what James Connor went through this year, where he was probably out four to five weeks. So my my thought would be they're trying to get Dalvin Cook prepared that he'll be here in time for the playoffs. Maybe their first round or hopefully second round for them. Again, I'm I'm putting myself in the perspective of Vikings fans. I mean, I hope I hope they missed the playoffs. I don't know if that's possible. But anyways, Dalvin Cook being out. With Kirk, I was really interested because last season, he had to play without Dalvin Cook. And he didn't quite get it done. They missed the playoffs having, you know, the year before they go to the NFC Championship against the Eagles after the Case Keenum, Minnesota Miracle, They spend that offseason, they get Kirk Cousins, they throw all this money at him, and then he doesn't get them back to the playoffs. They miss it by like a game. And, you know, everyone knows Kirk Cousins' record against 500 teams. This year he has Dalvin Cook, and his quarterback rating actually went up. Last season it was 99. I think it's like 99.1, and this year it's up to 111. So he's gone up. He's being smarter with the football. I just think Dalvin Cook helps take that pressure off because Dalvin, again, he's having a all-pro Pro Bowl year. And now it's kind of like, okay, you're going to have to do this without him. You know, how good how good can you be? And I actually voted for Kirk in the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, you know, I, I paid my duty as a fan. I, I voted for my Pro Bowl players, which, by the way, um, I think they should narrow the list down. I think they should have, like, a list of the top however many guys and not just allow you to vote on your team. Because I saw something on, like, the Packers post this year. Actually, Packers page is a really good page to follow on Instagram. I don't know who put that together, but they got a lot of good stuff. But they showed the Packers players for the Pro Bowl – And it was like, Jimmy Graham's in sixth place in the voting. I'm like, Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham's awful. (laughs) Like, I want to trade Jimmy Graham. I want to get rid of this guy. Like, why is he sixth? Um, But I voted for Kirk. You look at his numbers. I was blown away by his numbers this year. I think he has had a Pro Bowl year. I've been skeptical. um, But he's playing good football. And that's sad to say because also, just think about the Bears game today. Mitch... Mitch had a great game and and so in the NFC North it's it's looking like it could be a battle for the next few years so but we'll see if Kirk can get it done and Kirk we trust as i say and the last thing i wanted to share is the Packers chance to get a one seed because of the 49ers losing to Atlanta yesterday. Way to go, Julio, getting a late touchdown. So the Packers can get the number one seed by winning out, and then there's two scenarios. The first scenario is Green Bay wins out, so we beat Minnesota and Detroit, and then the Rams or the Seahawks would need to lose in Week 16 because they play each other in week 17. So basically, you can root we can root for both of them that if the Rams beat the Niners and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, then we would be guaranteed the number 1 seed if we won out because the Niners and the Seahawks would both lose and then they have to play each other last week. But it's one or the other. So basically, if the Rams like, let's say the Niners lose this week and the Seahawks win. Then we would be pulling for the Niners to lose. Or, no, we'd be pulling for the Niners to win against Seattle. Basically, it like flip-flops, is we need one of those teams or both of those teams to lose. You know what I'm saying? You just need to look at it. It's on the Packers page. So if you're wondering, look on the Packers page. I'm sure you can find it in other places. But Packers, if we got the one seed, teams coming to Lambeau, that'd be a huge difference. And who knows? Maybe we can win ugly all the way to the Super Bowl. Stay tuned for next week. It's going to be a big one, Packers-Vikings. Be loud in your homes as you watch or wherever you watch the sports bars, what have you. And I'll be the first to tell you, have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And we'll hopefully be able to present that to you on Christmas Eve. So go Pat. go. We'll see you next time.